Hello and welcome to the Man Cave Huddle. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to once again chill with your boy Greg as we talk about some sports. No lifestyle or entertainment this time, but what we're going to do is enjoy probably the last real weekend that we can have with the NFL. What I mean by that is, is that this is a weekend in which you're going to have football on Saturday and Sunday. Championship Sunday, I would say, for me, is like probably the realest weekend only because you have that two games. It's an afternoon game, but it's pretty sad because you know that, granted, in two weeks it's going to be the Super Bowl. But then after that, it's like, man, the draft, and I got to wait for the summer. But anyway, let's talk about these games that are going to transpire this upcoming weekend. So um, on the first set of games we're going to have, we're going to have Beat Me Up Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings taking on Jimmy I'm a Real G Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. That's going to be a real interesting game because you have such a young team in the San Francisco 49ers. They got the defense. They got the talent. Jimmy, I'm a real G Garoppolo, has really been balling with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, there's no doubt that their offense is at the next level now, and that defense is solid. My only thing is, is just, are they ready? They're a bunch of young dudes, and none of them other than Jimmy G has any type playoff experience. Granted, Jimmy G has two Super Bowl rings. He was a backup on those teams. So it's not like he was out there balling. But my point is, is that it's one thing to say, I'm going to go out there and play like an animal. But then when it's time for you to actually do what animals do and them lights are real bright. Yeah. Holla at your boy when that moment arises. Because when the moment of truth arrives, that's when you separate the men from the boys. And with Minnesota, look, defense is solid. Top to bottom, all three levels, defensive line, linebacker, secondary, offensive line. You got um, receivers, tight end, running back. You know what? Beat me up, Kirk, my favorite cousin. He reminds me of Eli in this. Game to game, drive to drive, play to play. You don't. I don't want to say play to play, but game to game, you just don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the good Kirk, my favorite cousins? Or are you going to get the, that's why I hate my Kirk cousins? I don't know. Because if he's on his A game, you got Diggs. You got the other receiver. You got the tight end. You got you got, you got Dalvin, Mr. Dalvin Cook. It's a lot going on with that team. And that San Francisco defense is good, but the Minnesota Vikings provide a lot of different options. It's going to be in Frisco, too. You know what? A game like this, knowing that Minnesota plays in the Dome, I think that it's going to benefit Minnesota. And if, if, and this is a big if, if beat me up Kirk, my favorite cousins, comes with his A game, 
I could see them stealing this game in San Francisco. I could see that. Next game up, we're going to have the um, Tennessee Titans taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And this game, I mean, look, there's only one name, one person, one whatever when it comes to the Titans, and it's Derrick Henry. I mean, what he did against the New England Patriots, it almost felt like you were watching Madden. Literally, it was right for 10 yards, left for seven, up the gut for five, to the left for seven, up the gut for eight, back to the right for eight. I mean, it was like whatever. whenever he touched the ball, it just felt like nobody could tackle this dude. And what I, I did not know Derrick Henry was this good because he went to Alabama. And look, when you go to Alabama and you're a running back, you got a lot of pros or future pros or basically five-star players on that offensive line. So I said, there's no way he's going to be able to produce like this when he gets to the league. And he's a physical pound you, needs the ball like 25 times a game, and that doesn't happen nowadays. And he's tall, he's lean, and when you see him run, he doesn't look fast, but you know what? Looks are very, very, very deceiving because when he lowers his shoulder pads, he's knocking dudes over. And He's that type of dude that has the running style where there's not a lot of, you know, when you're jogging and you're not really sprinting and running fast, you're just jogging and your movements are real slow and they're just real smooth. He looks like that. He's one of those people where he doesn't look like he's running as fast, as fast as he's running because it's almost like he's jogging and it's like, this guy looks slow. But for some reason, why can't anybody catch him? Or he looks like he's slow. Why is he running away from the defense? This guy looks slow, but yet he had a 99-yard touchdown run. So, Derrick Henry, if the Baltimore Ravens can stop him, they got it. But now, with the Baltimore Ravens, you got Lamar Action Jackson. You got Lamar, the real Jackson. Lamar... Jackson, the fake Jackson 5? Okay, fine. I'll go with Action Jackson. But with Lamar Jackson, I mean, look. He can run it. He can throw it. He can throw it deep. He can throw it short. He can run it for five yards. He can take it 80 yards for a touchdown. This guy rushed for over 1,000 yards as a quarterback. So, pretty much, if you can contain Lamar, you got it. And what's weird is, is that in this passing era that we're in, It's coming down to the running ability of a quarterback and the running ability of the running back on the opposing team. Look, I look at this game and I say to myself, Baltimore has the more weapons on defense. Tennessee, I think they're a young team. They switched quarterbacks and went to Tannehill. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I mean, he gets kudos for beating Bill Belichick and the Patriots in New England. But I think going into Baltimore and beating Baltimore is a different animal because he's playing a new age team with a complete new style of the way they play football. I think Baltimore takes this. I think it's one of those games, though, where under two minutes to go, somebody needs to get a first down to secure the win. It's going to be one of those games. 
Now, with the other two matchups, we have we have the Houston uh, Texans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're going to have Deshaun Watson at one quarterback in Houston playing Patrick, my homeboy, Mahomes with Kansas City. Um, when you look on paper, you have all the weapons that uh, Kansas City has. You have the coaching of Andy Reid. You have that explosiveness. That defense has played a little bit better this year. They've acquired Terrell Suggs. Not that he's going to be the difference maker, but he's a player that can at least bring some added experience to that team. Um, look, as great a regular season as the Chiefs had and Andy Reid has, for some reason, it just never happens in the postseason. It, for some reason, they look like world beaters in the regular season. And then when the postseason comes, they just look very regular degular. And Houston, Deshaun Watson, he can play. He plays that we're in the park playing ball. He doesn't play that we're going to line up this way. We're going to run the play this way. And I'm going to be on time this way. He plays that look. You're not open? All right, let me run to this side. All right, you're not open? Oops, they're coming to get me. Oh, you open? Bam. And you can say whatever you want to say, it works. It's effective. I'm going out on the limb. Houston's going to take this one. And I say Houston takes this one in a way that's very surprising. I think this will be the game that is the... I don't want to say blowout, but I could see Houston winning by two touchdowns or more. Because whenever you have these games on Saturday and Sunday, what I've noticed is, is that it's always one away team and one home team that wins. There's always one blowout and there's always one good game. So sometimes the blowout could be the away team winning and the good game could be the away team winning. And this, I see this as being the blowout. I think this is going to be the game where you're just like, all right, let me do, let me do, do the laundry, get my clothes and stuff ready for the week. Let me pack my, my 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 lunch for tomorrow because when the next game starts, you already know what time it is. And we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Green Bay Packers. Listen. Marshawn Lynch is back, and he's only here so he won't be fine. Marshawn Lynch brings something to the Seahawks that is just heart, passion, the way he runs. He runs so physical, but he's not really afraid of contact, and he's just so slippery because it's like dudes hit him, and they wrap him, and they just can't hold on to him. And Russell Wilson, I mean, that guy is, is just, I mean, look, over the years, when you look at the Seahawks, how many big games have they played and lost, but they've won, where they've had these plays that have turned the game upside down, sometimes against them, sometimes for them. 
I mean, we all remember a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, I would say close to over five years ago when the 7-9 and nine Seahawks backed into the playoffs and Marshawn Lynch had a 50-yard touchdown run that secured the win where he damn near ran through the entire defense of the New Orleans Saints to where it created a, a minor earthquake in the in Seattle, right? Or how about a couple years ago when they played the Packers at home down 16-0 and they needed the onside kick to stay in the game. Not only do they get the onside kick, they go down, score a touchdown, tie the game up, goes into OT, and they score the game-winning touchdown in two plays to go 70 yards. It was a third and 10. Boom, 35 yards, midfield. Next play, boom, 35 yards, touchdown. Let's go to the Super Bowl. And ironically... That was the year that they lost to the Patriots when Butler, on the goal line, intercepted that pass. What about this year? When they played the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, San Francisco had that game. And Jimmy Garoppolo fumbles the ball. They take it in for a touchdown. Game gets completely turned on its head. But then opposite this year, San Francisco is in Seattle, and Seattle's driving for what seems to be the game-winning touchdown, and the guy gets stopped at the one-yard line, and the 49ers win. Seattle constantly plays in these big games, and it always comes down to a play where either Seattle makes it or the other team makes it that completely changes the game and flips it on its head. I can see this game, the Green Bay Packers going up 10-0, and then Aaron Rodgers throws a pick six, and next thing you know, the the Seattle Seahawks win this game 27-20, something like that. Because it's going to snow, it's going to be a lot of bad weather. So who does that, what does that benefit? That benefits the run game. Marshawn Lynch is back. Beast mode. Skittles is back, Right? Now you can't just sit there and key on Russell Wilson in the pass game. It's like, yo, we gotta get ready for this dude because he's all about that business, boss. He's all no, he what's his quote again? I'm about that action, boss. I'm just saying. Aaron Rodgers. When you look at the entire roster of the Green Bay Packers, not a lot of guys have playoff experience. Not a lot of guys have been in the playoffs other than Aaron Rodgers. It's one thing to be told how it's going to be, what to expect, and how to prepare. And it's another thing when the moment of truth arrives and what do you do when you're in that moment. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to have too many seasons left where he's in this golden era that he's in, where he's at the top of his game. Because it looks like Brady might be slipping. Drew Brees. I mean, last year it was a shame that they lost because of a pass interference call that was plainly obvious that wasn't called. And then this year they lose, and you can sit there and say it was a push-off in the end zone or this and that, but you still had the whole game to try and get busy and win. And what they called, what people are saying 
Kyle Rudolph did was a push off. They were both fighting. So did the, did the tight end push? Yes. But did the DB maybe get a little handsy and grabby? Yes. How many more years does Breeze have in his prime? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you think he might be looking at like maybe two or three years with this window of him being top three in the league? Well, Russell Wilson, it just looks like he's just, I don't want to say getting better and better, but you can definitely see the NFL is changing to more of the mobile quarterback. What I mean by that is you could see the NFL, they have figured out defensively to get all these athletes that are so fast, so quick, so strong, so long, to get at the quarterback where if you're standing in a specific spot, you're dead meat. I mean, let's just, for example, look at the quarterbacks that are in the uh, playoffs at this point. Kirk Cousins. Does it, he's mobile, but he's not a running quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, mobile, not a running quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. You know what? He's a little bit more athletic than you think. So I'll say he's a running quarterback only because he played wide receiver in college. Lamar Jackson, that dude's a Ferrari. Deshaun Watson, running quarterback, athletic quarterback. Pat Mahomeboy, athletic quarterback. Russell Wilson, athletic quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, he does enough. He does enough. He can move. He's a mobile quarterback. There are no quarterbacks that are standing in the pocket like Tom Brady, like Drew Brees, that stand there and can read the defense and make the right pass and throw. That era is gone, and this new era of ball is here. It's kind of like with the NBA. The way now, it's all about hitting the three or dunking. Because if you're not going to dunk it, there's no use in the jump shot. Because that's, that's the percentage of you missing that. Why don't you just go out a couple more feet and get three instead of two? That's where the NFL is going with these mobile quarterbacks. You need a guy that can extend the play or at least run for five yards and get you a second and five type of situation. But back to the Seattle game, I can see Seattle winning this game. So... I see, wow, I'm seeing Minnesota winning on the road. Baltimore winning at home. Houston winning on the road. Seattle winning on the road. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I could be wrong, but we shall see. So I want to give you guys a positive quote, something to uplift you, make you feel like um, there's some good energy around you right now. Because it just feels like with all this negativity, man, you just want to have something positive, something good. Breathe it in. Breathe in that positivity. Breathe out that negativity. In with the positive. Out with the negative. In In with what's really good and what you want to happen this year. Out with all that stuff that was last year, not taking it into this year. But for the positive quote, Your own family will talk shit about you when you're in the process of breaking all their generational curses. This ain't for the weak. Written by, I should say, quote, Denzel Washington. Your own family will talk shit about you when you're in the process of breaking all their generational curses. This ain't for the weak. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.